It's Tuesday, December 10th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, the government of Myanmar is in court. We'll explain what this case is all about and why it could have international implications. Then, the House Committee on the Judiciary is introducing two articles of impeachment charging the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, with committing high crimes and misdemeanors. And finally, a medical marvel that'll really change you. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Uber. The most complicated story today is about a major court case over allegations of genocide. Today, the United Nations' highest court began a three-day hearing against the government of Myanmar. Myanmar is accused of carrying out genocide a couple years ago against Rohingya Muslims living there. Bringing the case against Myanmar is another country, the tiny West African nation of the Gambia. And if that sounds unusual, that's because it kind of is. This case is the first of its kind. So today we're going to get into how this case came about, what exactly is being alleged, and what the stakes are here. So, Myanmar is a majority Buddhist country in Southeast Asia. Myanmar's military, the Tatma Da, ruled the country for decades. And even though the military rule ended in 2011, the Tatma Da still runs a lot of the show in Myanmar. Some people say that allows it to act with impunity, meaning it's basically allowed to do what it wants, including going after Myanmar's Muslim minority population, known as the Rohingya. As a rule, they aren't allowed to become citizens in Myanmar. The government says the Rohingya aren't from here. They're immigrants. And that makes the Rohingya targets. This court case centers on something that started happening in 2017, when a Rohingya militant group attacked and killed a dozen members of the Tatma Da army, as well as civilians. And the Tatma Da responded by unleashing what's later been detailed as a campaign of widespread violence against not only Rohingya militants, but also ordinary civilians. Before the end of the year, more than half a million Rohingya had fled the country to neighboring Bangladesh. And with them came stories of atrocities, mass rapes, mass killings, the destruction of entire villages. Basically, the targeting of an entire civilian population for crimes carried out by a Rohingya militant group. The UN investigated, and found that what the Tatma Da did to the Rohingya, quote, undoubtedly amounted to the gravest crimes under international law. Ever since, human rights campaigners have been pushing for justice, and that effort got a major boost last month from the Gambia, a small country in Africa more than 7,000 miles away from Myanmar. In early November, the Gambia filed a complaint at the International Court of Justice, or the ICJ saying the rapes and murders targeting Myanmar's Rohingya Muslims amounts to genocide. We should point out that the Gambia's population is mostly Muslim, and the 56 other countries in what's called the Organization of Islamic Cooperation are also backing the suit and funding the law experts handling the case. And it's a truly historic case. This is the first time ever that a country without a direct connection to a crime has brought a case to the ICJ. And the reason it can do this is because both the Gambia and Myanmar are members of the UN Genocide Convention, one of the first big human rights treaties ever. Fellow members are totally allowed to call each other out for violating the deal. So the Gambia says, ICJ, you gotta get involved. And today was day one of the hearing. 
In the courtroom representing the Gambia was the country's justice minister, Abubakar Tambado. Here was part of his opening statement. Many thousands of people have already died as a direct result of Myanmar's genocidal actions. And the number of refugees on Exodus is of biblical proportions. These are not just numbers being floated around or mere statistical data. Each number represents a real human being. Lawyers representing the Gambia also went into detail about one alleged massacre in which more than 100 children were killed. So that's the case the Gambia is making here. And tomorrow, Myanmar is going to get a chance to respond. The expectation is that the country will say what you call genocide was actually a counterterrorism operation, that the threat of more attacks from militant groups justified a crackdown. That's a pretty common defense for people or countries accused of these kinds of crimes. But one thing that makes this argument a little different is the background of the person making this claim. Myanmar's leader, Aung San Suu Kyi, she's a Nobel Peace Prize winner who spent 15 years in and out of jail and house arrest for promoting democracy and the end of military rule in Myanmar. And yet, as leader, now she's kind of covering for the military. For historians, it's a shocking twist. While the Nobel Committee says it won't be taking away her Peace Prize, other human rights groups like Amnesty International have taken away some of her honors. And her time on the stand tomorrow may mark the latest chapter in her fall from grace. We don't know how the ICJ is going to rule on this case, but we do know what the stakes are here. This isn't a criminal trial, so nobody's going to jail. Instead, the Gambia is asking the ICJ to tell Myanmar to stop any actions that can make the suffering of the Rohingya any worse. If the court agrees to do that, its order would be legally binding. But should Myanmar choose not to comply, it rests with the UN Security Council to decide what to do, if anything, to punish them. So what's the skim? A historic case involving allegations of genocide carried out by the government of Myanmar got underway at a UN court today. It's just the third genocide case the ICJ's ever heard since World War II. Exactly when the court will make a decision on the case is unclear. But even if it doesn't rule against Myanmar, the case could create a trail of evidence which could be used again in future cases. And according to the former U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Samantha Power, the fact that the court is hearing these arguments now means a lot. Given how few costs the Myanmar government have had to bear for what they did, that stigma is really important. Even having the case is a form of accountability. It's not enough, but it's a beginning. We've got more from Ambassador Power a little later in the show. Coming up today, the House Democrats announced articles of impeachment against the President of the United States. We'll tell you what did and didn't make the cut next. Need a ride? Look to Uber. Uber is committed to safer journeys for everyone. For starters, all drivers are background checked, and Uber rescreens drivers every year and uses technology to look for issues in between. And now Uber has introduced RideCheck. RideCheck can detect if a trip goes unusually off course and check in to provide support. RideCheck is just one of the ways Uber is committed to safety. Learn more at uber.com safety. That's uber.com safety. Good morning, everyone. First thing this morning, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and six Democratic House committee chairs had a big announcement. Here was Judiciary Committee Chair Jerry Nadler. Today, 
in service to our duty to the Constitution and to our country. The House Committee on the Judiciary is introducing two articles of impeachment charging the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, with committing high crimes and misdemeanors. For the past few months, the House has been investigating President Trump's dealings with Ukraine. Remember, Trump is accused of withholding military aid and a meeting at the White House while pressuring Ukraine to announce two investigations. One into his political rival, former VP Joe Biden and his son, and the other into Ukraine's possible interference in the 2016 election. Something some experts have said was a rumor spread by Russia. First, the House Intelligence Committee gathered evidence and witness testimony about those allegations into Trump's actions. Then they passed the inquiry off to the House Judiciary Committee, which looked more at the legal case for impeachment. And today was the big reveal, when House Dems unveiled the two articles of impeachment they say they should bring against Trump. The first article is for abuse of power. Nadler explained it's an impeachable offense for the president to use the power of his public office for personal benefit. And Nadler says that's what Trump did, that it damaged U.S. national security, undermined the integrity of the next election, and violated Trump's oath of office. This gives rise to the second article of impeachment for obstruction of Congress. Nadler says that the president acted like he was above the law by refusing to cooperate with the impeachment inquiry. To them, that warrants impeachment, too. But there's a pretty big thing not included in the articles of impeachment. All of the concerns brought up in the Mueller report. Remember, up until a few months ago, no one knew about the Ukraine drama. A lot of people thought it might be special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into Russia's interference in the 2016 election that would lead to articles of impeachment. Mueller didn't find that Trump had conspired with the Russians, but he did find that Trump potentially obstructed justice. Mueller left it up to Congress to decide whether that was the case. Some Dems started working on that, but there were concerns that it had become too political. They thought the Ukraine issue was more straightforward. So they went all in on Ukraine. Here was House Intelligence Committee Chair Adam Schiff this morning. We stand here today because the president's continuing abuse of his power has left us no choice. To do nothing would make ourselves complicit in the president's abuse of his high office, the public trust, and our national security. If you're thinking, okay, what now? Well, there's a lot still up in the air, but the House Judiciary Committee will debate the articles of impeachment and could hold a vote by Thursday this week. Then the whole House vote could happen next week. For more on what's next, head on over to the Skim's Instagram account or theskim.com guides. Today is Human Rights Day. Every year, the United Nations celebrates the anniversary of the adoption of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. It was signed in 1948 and says, everyone is entitled to all civil, political, economic, social, and cultural rights, regardless of who they are or what they look like. It was basically the UN's response to World War II. The theme of this year's celebration is how young people are standing up for human rights. Here's UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres last week. They are marching for the right to a future of peace, justice, and equal opportunities. Samantha Power is the former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. And she says 
One way parents and teachers can teach kids about the importance of human rights is by explaining it in terms they can understand. If there are kids who are struggling for their parents to be able to cover the cost of a school meal, that's about social and economic rights. Um, and those are enshrined, again, in the Declaration of Human Rights. Samantha Power was at Skim HQ today to talk to our founders, Carly and Danielle, for our other podcast, Skimmed from the Couch. You'll want to keep an ear out for that episode when it airs in the new year. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact about DNA. Years ago, Chris Long of Reno, Nevada, had a life-saving bone marrow transplant. But a colleague who worked in forensics had a lingering question. What effect might this type of transplant have on Chris's DNA? So they did a bunch of tests, and the results were mind-blowing. They found that the DNA in Long's blood and even semen belonged to his bone marrow donor, who lived 5,000 miles away in Germany which had forensics teams wondering, hmm, had this ever been an issue when it came to solving crimes? And it turns out there have been cases where this came into play, including one where police thought that one guy was the criminal, but the crime was actually committed by the donor. Talk about real life law and order. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us online. If you want to add the skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.